Hey, sports fans and savages. Thanks for stopping in. Welcome to the Greg Medford Show. Greg here with you. Guest today in our continuing series on politics. So if you're here to talk about or listen to, I don't know, crafting, uh, the internet, you're in the wrong place. If you've come to flex your mind a little bit and plug into the American experiment and be a part of the uh, modern-day Minuteman Brigade, people who are stepping away from the mainstream propaganda to listen to us proverbial citizen soldiers pick up our modern-day musket and be the third leg of the American milk stool, then you've arrived at the right place. Because what we're going to do is we're going to talk to folks, as you've seen over the last two seasons, folks who are aspiring and part of already the ruling class in America and uh, folks that we've relinquished a tiny bit of our inalienable God-given human rights to so that they can have the village get along. And uh, what we're going to do is we get a chance in this long format to have these conversations down here where I live in Arizona. But these are the same conversations that are going on all around the country. And... When we get to buzzwords, I'm going to stop and give you guys some context for the buzzwords a little bit because we get to have a deep dive in this format. And a lot of times you hear the nuance talking about education, all this, all you, the words are school choice. Um, but really there's a, there's a big discussion about that. And you're going to hear me talk about the battles in the war. And the war is for our country and the battles are these arguments we have. And whack-a-mole is what's going on on mainstream media. They want us playing whack-a-mole <clears throat> while they brainwash our children for 20 years so that we send our sons and daughters off for higher education and go into debt. When they come back, we don't recognize who the hell they are. What happened to these wonderful young people we made? And they come back with their brains bent and we spend the next decade trying to clear that shit out of their head. Part of this discussion, part of this problem in America is not taking the time to be informed, not taking the time to hear the full discussion and making judgments and voting on 10 second sound bits from the evening news. So this format's a wonderful place for us as citizens to um, bypass all of the filters and bypass all the agendas. Because really my thing here is just peel back layers on the onion. Let's just peel back. Let's see who's here. So today, our guest is Mark DeLucia. He's running for the U.S. 2nd Congressional District out of Arizona. Now, I know he's just here in Arizona, but there's somebody running in your state, and these are the issues afoot. And if you listen to us talk about these issues here, you'll be more informed when you talk to folks in your own town, in your own neighborhood. Um, some of you who live in congressional districts that will not flip Republican until there's smoke on the horizon and you see one of your neighbors shooting one of your other neighbors, they might think about Republican then. For, for those of you who live in these entrenched, leftist, Marxist, head-up-their-ass districts where you feel like your money, your effort, your energy is wasted, you can spend your money uniquely, not just in Marin County. You could send your money out of Marin County. For, so, for those of you up in Marin County, 
who are completely in the belly of the insane leftist beast, you could actually toss a little money down here in Arizona and help out. Now, in the last election, a bunch of you dirty, rotten commies from California came here and helped cure our ballots, which made our election really accurate, most accurate ever. So since Californians seem so interested in getting involved in the politics of Arizona, you folks sitting up in Marin County today deciding which Merlot or Pinot you're going to drink, uh, you might want to send a little um, um, right-wing conservative uh, America first money uh, down to a campaign down here. So we're going to talk to Mark Delusion. Mark, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Great. <laughs> They'll settle down. Calm down, people. <laughs> Greg, I'm doing great. Thank you. How you doing? I'm doing good. And by the way, I want to say up front, uh, thank you for doing this. Not for me, but for America. So, Well, I appreciate that. You know, I, I'm like, uh, I'm too old, too fat. My knees aren't good enough anymore. Uh, I'm still angry and mean enough, but uh, I can't kick down doors and do anything meaningful like that anymore. Plus, I got a bunch of people here. That, you know, the only, you, can only, you can only go off to war when you don't have everybody else counting on you. Then you go off and be part of something bigger. It's hard to do that when you have a business and you've got a family. And for soldiers who go off with spouses and children, I uh, I don't know how they did it because I was 17 and 18 when I did it. Um, but uh, it's a, I feel like it's kind of our civic responsibility. And well, look, you're just wearing a different uniform now, that's all. Yeah, kind of. Okay, yeah. you're still fighting the battle. Yeah, for sure. And I appreciate that, by the way. So. Yeah, thank you. So... Um, for those of you uh, who are not familiar with Mark, uh, Mark's, are you the only Gold Star dad running for U.S. Congress? I believe so, and I also believe that when I get elected, I will be the first in history to be in Congress. So, so uh, for those of you who don't know what that means, welcome, welcome to the modern era, a Gold Star parent, which really started in World War One. Um, they were hang you would hang a flag. I have one hanging in my office actually. You would hang a flag in the window of your home and you would see them across America. You would see stars for how many children were serving overseas. And then if you lost one of your children, um, the stars would change and you would get a gold star. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, we had the Sullivan family lost four on a submarine, right? Right. So that was a four-time gold star mom, unfathomable, right? right? right. Uh, and, uh, and Mark uh, lost his son as well. Before we tell your story and talk about politics, which seems kind of minuscule in comparison to what your family's gone through. Can you give us, tell us a quick story, tell us about your son a little bit. Well, um, of all my accomplishments in business and everything else I did, my number one accomplishment was my family. Yeah. Uh, Diane and I have been married for 41 years, and little did we know, <laughs> we were raising two American heroes. And uh, both boys went to college, they were greatly influenced by 9-11. And uh, they left, both left CPA firms. They were degreed accountants. And they both left CPA firms. And they said, we're going to go into infantry. And uh, people actually said to my oldest son who survived, he said, Scott, why would you do that? Why would you leave the cushy life? Why you? And Scott said, why not me? Yeah. Okay, so... When people ask me, Mark, why are you doing this? Why are you running for a con? I give the same answer. 
Okay. So both boys left CPA for now. Stephen <clears throat> had a head start. He was younger, but he went into the uh, Vermont National Guard, and he was put into A Company, which is the Green Mountain Boys unit. Uh, Ethan Allen, the very famous oh, unit. Yeah. They put all the great guys in there. Yeah. And his guys that he had with him were phenomenal, right? And um, then Scott, then so he went to Iraq to replace a fallen uh, uh, soldier over there. And he volunteered to go to replace him. He went to Ramadi in 2006, which is what I understand the worst place you could have been in the, in, in the world, except for maybe downtown in a liberal city, okay, with yeah. all the crime going yeah, on. Chicago, right? Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sure, yeah. South end of Chicago. Um, and I'm just, I'm kidding there, but it's, it's it's pretty dangerous in those cities. I've been there. Hey, I'm going to adjust your mic for you. Oh, sure, there, okay? sure, I'm just sorry. To help, no, 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 just okay. to help you a little bit so you can relax. Great. So you don't have to hold your head up the whole oh, okay. time. Okay, okay. Yeah. And uh, and then Scott later joined and uh, joined the Connecticut National Guard. They both went to Benning. They all both went. Wait a minute. Are you from back east? Yes. So how long have you been out here in Arizona? Six years. Okay. So where are you from back east? The communist state of Connecticut. Where in Connecticut? Uh, middle. I was born in New Britain, Connecticut, which is uh, about, uh, it was a hardware city of the world, blue collar town. Yeah. And uh, we lived in Glastonbury, which is just south of uh, Hartford. Yeah, sure. You're familiar with the... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my family has a trucking company in Springfield. It's oh. the oldest privately owned non-union trucking company. What's the name? AC Motor Express. Oh, sure, yeah. It was yeah. A, all yeah. refrigerated yeah. freight. Well, you know, you know, it's funny because... And I uh, went to school in New Haven. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Where'd, where'd you go? I went to Albertus Magnus for a oh, couple awesome. years. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Good school. And, uh, well, you know, Sheriff Joe Oropayo is from Springfield. Springfield, yeah. And he didn't know that. He just endorsed me, by the way. We can talk about that later, but he just endorsed me. So, it's funny. Uh, he and I, we had pizza a couple of years ago yeah. uh, down at a supporter's uh, restaurant downtown. And we were sitting there. And, you know, he's at the time, he's 82 or whatever. Yeah. And I'm, you know, my, some effing kid. And uh, I'm sitting there, some gal who wants to be governor. I'm with an uh, old friend, Frank DeSomo, who passed away. Uh, he owned POF, Pigeon Ordnance Factory, gun manufacturer up the road. And uh, Arpaio is, and he's kind of ignoring me, and I'm quiet because I'm, I was just kind of a guest at, the, at this lunch with four people. And halfway through the lunch, it came out that I had been in Massachusetts and yeah. spent some time there. And we talked for a minute, and he says, "Oh, I'm from Springfield, you know, not from Boston." And I said, "Oh, my family's all from West Springfield." And he goes, "Oh," and then I turned to him and I go, "You know the Axiotis brothers?" And he goes. Yeah, I know the exes. No, no kidding. They live right up the street from me. No so all of a sudden, then we we were pals after that because I mean I know a bunch of the kids that he grew up with, and he's two generations ahead of me. Awesome. It's kind of funny. Well, you know, it's funny about, and I'll go back to the story in a minute with Steve and, and my sons. Uh, sheriff Joe, people only know him here for the most part because of the Maricopa sheriff thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And all the stuff he did with the border and Obama sure. and all that. But if you look at his background, if you, if I would implore people, you know, to, uh, encourage people to read his book. The stuff he did for the DEA, the, the drug enforcement, he took down mobs, he took down, he was in Turkey undercover, he was in the Middle East, risked his life to keep us safe from drugs. And <clears throat> I tell people when I go out and meet them, I said, you know, if Americans in general did one one hundredth for this country, what that man's done for our country, We'd be in a much better place right now. We would be in a much better place right now. So, you know, Sheriff Joe is, so we can talk more about how that endorsement came. But let me get back to Stephen yeah. and Scott. Uh, Scott's my older one who survived. So they went, both went off to Afghanistan in uh, 2010. Uh, and they had the same orders, even though they were in different units. They, uh, you know, so they were both in the infantry. 
They both refused to become commissioned officers, although the Army wanted them to because they were college graduates. Mm-hmm. They were really smart kids. Um, and they wanted to be with their guys, right? So they went to the infantry. And um, they both were in the Mountain Brigade, so they both fought, trained to fight in the mountains. So they were up in the northern, uh, eastern part of, of Afghanistan. And on, uh, <clears throat> so we had them both over there at the same time. Now, Stephen already served in Ramadi. He luckily made it out of there alive. And uh, on uh, the night of uh, August 22nd, 2010, it was 9.30 at night. Diana and I were watching a movie uh, in bed. We're just watching a movie in bed, and we heard the doorbell ring. So nobody rings your doorbell at 9.30 at night, okay? Right. So I grabbed my Glock, walked to the door, because I was like, okay, what's going we, on We here? call that in Arizona, hello. Yeah. Well, happy Glock. Yeah. Well, Connecticut is called a felony, okay? Right, I mean, right, they, right. They, these guys are no, crazy. No, Arizona is just hello. Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. exactly. And uh, so, um, so I saw the two uniformed officers through the glass, and I knew why they were there. The only thing I didn't know, Greg, was which one, okay? And I hadn't talked to Scott for like two weeks. So there were army officers coming to let you know. Yes, yeah, so one's okay. a chaplain and one's a, yeah. one's a, a yeah. an officer. It and, is the, the worst pair of things <clears throat> you ever want to see in your life. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now, when I walked across the foyer to go to the door, it took an inter- it's only a three-second walk. It took forever to get there. I was like I was walking through quicksand. Had an okay. adrenal- adrenaline dump. Well, yeah, and just yeah. The, yeah. And uh, so when I opened up the door, I said to them, uh, is it Scott? First thing I said. And they said, no, it's Steve. Oh. Right. And uh, so they came in, and I immediately went into denial. I mean, you know, the, 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 the yeah, change the curve. Yeah. That happened, like, uh, instantly. It's like, yeah. no, this, this crap doesn't happen to me. That happens to somebody. Yeah, I read, that, I read about this in the paper. Well, I don't read the papers anymore, but <laughs> you hear about it on the news, right? And, no, this, isn't, this is not happening. I went into denial, right? Yeah. And uh, then the whole thing after that. So <clears throat> that was 2010, and uh, they sent Scott home. Now, Scott, and I have a book for you, by the way, because he wrote a book called Surviving Son, which is a military classification that he received. He came. They sent him home, and he finished out his tour here, six years mm-hmm. here in the U.S. And uh, 20 minutes after they pulled Scott off the battlefield to tell him about Stephen, uh, first Scott said, oh, geez, you know, they said Stephen got hit. Okay, what does he need? Does he need a kidney, blood? What does he need, right? Yeah. No, no. No, his parents need you home. That's what yeah, he needs. Yeah. yeah. Well, 20 minutes later, he got into a firefight with the Taliban. <clears throat> so now what's on his mind is, <clears throat> and this is what the book's about, part of what the book's about, um, is, uh, okay, I got I to gotta take, I got to focus on my men, keep them safe, and I don't want my parents getting another knock at the door. Okay. Oh, yeah. That was on his mind. Oh, right? yeah. So uh, he made it through that and um, came home and then, you know, uh, here we are, right? So, (coughs) excuse me. So, you know, why am I running? Because we're losing our country and we're running out of time. And I was sitting around last summer complaining about something this guy in the office, Oval Office is doing. I don't know what it was, Greg, pick something, whatever he was doing, it was screwed up. And um, Diane says to me, you know, Mark, you're a hell of a businessman. You traveled the world. I've been to 45 countries. I've seen the underbelly of the world like you have. I've seen slave labor in China. I've seen technically how do they rip off our technology. And I've got a story about vice grips to tell you about, uh, you know, if you want to hear about that. But 
you've solved problems. You've changed the FTC law to say, hey, you can't mark your product. I was instrumental in changing the Federal Trade Commission law to say, no, all or virtually all content has to be made in the USA to mark your product made in the USA, just like yeah. your knives, okay? And uh, we got that law changed, and I, was, I led that charge. Um, and she says, you're a great problem solver. You know the issues. You, 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 you've got a finance. You've got a manufacturing background. You've got a supply chain. I mean, you've got, you ran businesses. You know what's going on. You know the Constitution. Why the hell don't you run? She said, you know, our boys suffered. Other veterans have suffered. Okay. you got to pick up their sword. Let okay. me, let me, uh, let me un un unpack things a little bit. Let's sure. back up. So, Scott, your oldest <clears throat> son, comes home. Right. Stephen's been wounded in battle. Right. Was he, uh, do you know what happened? Yeah. Well, the day that Stephen died, and by the way, I found out about this 10 years after, okay, one of his guys that was under his command. Came and told you? Uh, well, well, what happened was on his 10th anniversary of his death, mm -hmm. uh, a good friend of ours that we got to know, uh, one of Stephen's guys named Jesse, called me up on the 10th anniversary and said, Mark, I didn't want to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you what happened. I go, okay. <clears throat> well, first they had bad intel. Okay, there are 200 Taliban and 18 of us. Of course. But we prevailed. <clears throat> okay. <Yeah. clears throat> so, Stephen, they knew the Taliban was waiting for them in this village because as we're pushing the guys out of Pakistan, out of Afghanistan into Pakistan, uh, they knew, you know, that's how we got bin Laden out of there, right? And um, so we were going into this uncharted waters into, in this village. And Stephen looked at Jesse. Now, Stephen was supposed to stay back and, and, and let his guys kind of lead the charge so he can command them from behind, right? Which I think you probably know that better than me because you're, you're a military guy. And Stephen said to Jesse, Jesse, give me your M203, which is a grenade launcher, yeah. right? And Jesse says, why? Jesse, just give me your GD yeah. M203. Steve, why? What are, what are you doing? I said, you're staying back. I'm going up. Jesse, why? Jesse, you got a wife and two kids. I'm going up. You stay back. Right? And this is Jesse who called you up. He told me. Yeah. yeah okay. Imagine the guilt on oh. his mind, right? Yeah, hey, listen. Okay, so Jesse said he saved my life, and you know, five minutes later, Stephen got killed, right? And that would have been Jesse. So okay. um, did they... <clears throat> Was he killed by small arms fire? Or yeah, he got shot. He got shot. Okay. Yeah, in kind of in the neck, lower neck area. Okay. And uh, his best friend, Wes Black. <clears throat> Excuse me. <coughs> Two of us are a couple of long oh coughing in here, huh? <clears throat> it's been so dry. Hey, you want a cough drop? Uh, no, I'm. Oh, maybe I should. Yeah. Have some water. Wes Black, who just passed away, was the poster child for burn pit cancer. Cancer. That's another story for another day. <clears throat> There's been a lot of movement on the burn pit thing just this last year. Yeah. Well, what's to come from a bad diagnosis with the VA and all other things? Anyway, Wes ran out into enemy fire mm -hmm. to save Stephen, and Stephen died in his arms. And Wes is being shot at all over the place. And they didn't hit him. <clears throat> Wes says, I don't know why they, they missed me. Because I was out there for like a minute, and Stephen ended up dying in his arms. Well, Wes, Wes came back and uh, misdiagnosed with uh, colon cancer. It was attributed to burn pits. Big lawsuit. First guy to win money from the government on burn pits. He's been on all the news channels. John Stewart, who did the 9-11 stuff. That show changed. That moved the needle on yeah. the whole discussion. That, that, was, that was his whole purpose. He said, I want to fight for my guys. Okay. And Diane and I set up a college fund for his son and five-year-old son and his wife. I got his wife a, uh, 
a job and got my client to pay for her college. Um, <clears throat> he just died in November. We went to the funeral in Vermont. And uh, this guy was awesome, man, like, like all you guys are in the military. 40 rounds of chemo, Greg, and he never missed a day of work as a firefighter. They had to kick him out. <clears throat> yeah. That's what the kind of guy he was. If he wasn't helping somebody, he wasn't feeling like he was worth anything. That's the kind of guy he was. And, and by the way, I will say this, and I said this to Phil Graham out of Texas one night at a fundraiser. We didn't like, he didn't like it, and I don't give a damn. Okay. Uh, one of those rhinos who hates Trump, loves Biden. He said that that night at dinner. And we had two veterans, Greg, at this dinner. Okay. <clears throat> one fought in Korea and one fought in Vietnam. Fifteen of us. We also had Patrick Toomey there who voted to impeach Trump. Okay. So tell me about so yeah, this, dinner, this so, dinner you're at with Phil So Graham. I'm listening to this stuff. I'm at this Republican fundraiser out in Latrobe. <clears throat> part of it was a hunting trip the next day. Paid a lot of money to support the party. And I'm hearing this stuff, and I'm saying, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I said, and I actually said this right in front of Phil Graham and his wife, Wendy, who's an, was Reagan's favorite economist. I said, I didn't realize, and I had a couple of drinks, you know, I said, I didn't realize I came to a Democratic fundraiser. And he didn't like that. Okay, nobody says that to Bill Graham. I don't give a damn, okay? And he said, uh, so I said, look, guys, I'd like to make a toast. <clears throat> you had 15 of us sitting around, there, only two veterans. Let's not forget this. Our freedoms are not because of the politician. It's because of men and women like Willie and John that fought for our country. And don't you guys ever forget that. And he did not like that. He had a he had a toast because he was pressured. He had to do it. Yeah. But you could tell, man, it, he was not. And you know this. So we've got problems on both sides of the aisle, Greg. As you probably already know, I'm sure you know. And it's not good. Okay. And uh, and you know when I talk about the, uh, I, I I met Mark Meadows now twice. Um, he wants me to join the Freedom Caucus, that he started. <clears throat> And I said to Mark, you know, the sad part about this, and by the way, all of our four Republican congressmen are part of the Freedom Caucus, right? But I said, you know what's really sad? That we even have to have a Freedom Caucus. Yeah. Okay, and there's only 40 out of 212. 40 out of 212 congressmen in the Freedom Caucus. I said, D doesn't that seem odd to you, Mark? And he says, yeah, that's a good point. He says, I said, well, maybe this time, this, this year we can make it 60 maybe 80, I don't know. But it's just a shame that we've got so many rhinos that are, that are in Congress. So I'm more concerned about the rhinos than I am the Mitt Romney's of the world, okay, than I am about the, the, the Democrats, okay? Because at least the Democrats are now open about what they're about, and the rhinos are telling a lot of the people who don't pay attention to shows like this that they still think these are good guys because they got an R by their name. And that's not what's going on, okay? So... Anyway, well, you know, I, I'm I'm curious. Um, so, uh, it, I don't want to jump away too quickly. I think uh, most people who know folks who've had, I want to I want to step back just for a moment because clearly sure. the loss of your son is a big motivator and it's a big uh, elephant in the living room with you all the time. And most people 
honestly, when you hear about it, most people don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. Most people don't ask how we died or pushed right. or even ask three questions right. like I did. I'm glad you did, by the way. And they just nod. And, mm -hmm. you know, I kind of want to nod to him a little bit. So, do you know what, what rank was he? Sergeant. He was a sergeant. Okay. So, he was either leading a fire team or a, or yep. a squad? Yep. Okay. And uh, and uh, you found out he was lost. How, did the Army conduct themselves well with you guys? Oh, unbelievably well. Okay. Unbelievable. We, we had we had two. So Stephen was engaged to be married when he got back to his high school sweetheart of eight years. And uh, Steve was 25. <clears throat> and Lisa was 24, one year earlier. He's like a daughter to us now still, you know. Yeah. But we had two <laughs> crisis assistance officers, Sergeant Joe Burke, who was ours, and then another lady named Andrea, who was Lisa's. And they were phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Well, that's good. Yep. And uh, and uh, so, uh, were you you guys were living back east when this happened? Yeah. And then decided after the dust settled, let's go west. Yeah. What happened was when Scott came back, he had our third grandchild. So he and his wife decided to move to Arizona just to get out of Connecticut for a lot of different reasons, mm -hmm. right? Which I don't think I need to explain. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he came out here. They live in Surprise. So we moved out here with them. Where do you uh, guys live? We have a, uh, well, we have two residences. One in Scottsdale to be close to them, and one up in uh, Prescott Valley, which is in oh, the great. district. Yeah. 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 And so, um, so, so they moved out here in 2014, and Diane and I were coming out to visit, but it's not the same. Okay. So, and, and, and what really got Diane was when our little guy Raymond, who's named after Ray Bork, by the way, because Steve was a big hockey fan, love Ray Bork. Um, we went over, came, came out here one time, and Raymond was still a little baby, you know, and but he was afraid to be with us because he didn't know us. Oh, yeah, that'll... that'll oh. And, and Diane said, okay. Yeah, women, <laughs> women will burn down a house for that kind of stuff, right? Diane said, I'm going. You can stay here. I'm going. I'm not watching my grandkids grow up on Facebook. And, and it was... The, and by the way, it's the best move. So, so Stephen's gravestone has his name on it and Diane's name and my name on it. Of course, the dates aren't filled in yet. <laughs> we will be buried in Connecticut with Steve. But we will die here in Arizona. We love this state. Yeah, I love this place. Yeah, yeah. I love the dirt and I love the cactus. I love there's, every, a, there's a beauty the view. There's I, a beauty about it. Yeah. People say, oh, it's just all brown. You know, no, no there's a man, look, Take a look and look at what you got here. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. I always crack up too. You know, I go, you know, John Wayne was a football player from Southern California who showed up here in Arizona to become a cowboy. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's true. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, people come out here, you know, it's funny. Freedom is this infectious thing, which was why I'm such a big fan of, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I believe I'm I'm a long game chess player. So I'm not a three move chess player. I'm a 12 move out way out in advance thinking kind of guy. People say, yeah, you know, how, how'd you get a manufacturing durable hard goods company up and running like this in 12 years? Um, to me, it seems like an eternity because I see these whippersnappers put these dot-com, you know, multi-billion dollar enterprises together in five years. The thing that's challenging about this is it's a craftsmanship-centric thing, so you got to teach all these people at the same time. Uh, it's not just coming up with an idea and funding it. All the funding in the world doesn't teach a guy how to grind because it takes a year to learn how to grind. You know, so this is a challenging thing. Guys say, how do you do it? Because I'm thinking way ahead. People say, how do you do without a bunch of missteps? And I've had my missteps, but I'm thinking 10 moves out trying to as i'm getting closer i can adjust to the changes and not reacting to the changes 
I'm adjusting to them before they happen. Um, I see, uh, uh, you know, th this freedom and the war is kids. And how do we win the, the war? It's to quit fighting, whack, playing whack-a-mole about abortion, about funding this, about the border, about <clears throat> all these little battles that we fight. Masks, vaccines. And they, they come, as soon as you finish one, four more pop up. And it's because, you know, we are all, you know, it's the party of businessmen. It's the party of the country club set and the golf club crowd. And we don't want to be at the PTA meeting. And we don't want to be on the school board. You know, we want to be governors. We want to be senators. We want to be congressmen. We don't want to be head of the PTA. And so Republicans have in our, in our uh, kind of connection with commerce and business, we've abdicated the responsibility of education to folks who a lot of times can't compete in our sphere. And we can compete in their sphere. And we've abandoned that battlefield. That's the difference, right? And so what happens is, yeah, because, you know, your, your typical school board member, they're, they're going to get their lunch handed to them in the real world, in the business world of accountability. And, and most politicians as well. Yes. And so we want to go there and fix these big problems that we see. The truth is the country would be a million times better if we all stopped going for these premium positions and went back and fixed our neighborhood. Because if we fixed our school system, we wouldn't have 18 to 20 years of programming and, and Marxist indoctrination that we'd have to fight. You know, and then, and then we're busy having the fight. How much, are we, how much can we re-educate the kids? You know, I talked about a little bit in my opening. We, you didn't lose your kids. Somehow or another, out of the belly of the beast in New England, patriots pop up. But we're rare. The, major but Greg, but the majority Greg, are not. Here's the thing, though. The family unit's being destroyed in this country, right? And and to me, that's one of the two things that are the root cause of all the problems that you can mention. And the other one is we're, we're losing God, okay? So those two things, okay? And if you look at all the things that are happening out there, the family unit's being decimated. And I, told, I said this the other night to somebody who asked about that kind of question. They said, well, you're in Connecticut, you know, pretty liberal and all that. I had a deprogramming session every Friday night with my kids. I had to deprogram them. Okay, guys, tell me about this week. What'd you learn? No, that's not right. No, I do the same thing. No, no. I do the same thing. But you got to be a parent, man. You can't just let the school system take your kid and indoctrinate them because they're not teaching them how to think. They're teaching them what to think. And, and I had to deprogram these guys every single week. And so did Diane, okay, my wife. And it's like, no, no, guys, let's, let, let's talk about this, okay? And what, I don't care what it was. So so we we had to work at it, okay? Yeah. Well, and you got to work at it as a parent. Well, you know, that's, that's um, again, that's us being on our heels, reacting to the, the basically the National uh, 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 Department of Education, the teachers' union. At the local level. And, and so we're, we're kind of, we're still reacting. And, and so I spent a lot of time with my kids staying engaged with them. I'm like, hey, would you, you know, hey, let's see that thing on Civil War you did. Yeah. Hey, let me see that thing on World War One you did, and let's talk about it. No, no, Lincoln didn't <clears throat> own slaves. Sorry, right, sorry right. guys. Okay, you know, I mean, right? <laughs> so uh, I'm spending time reacting to what's going on, but I'm really changing my gaze right now as my kids have kind of, they're getting through this and moving on to life. 
I'm putting my focus back in the schools because I'm looking at if you we as conservatives, we will never win if we let everyone be indoctrinated along the way, because most parents can't have a good articulate fight about conservatism and liberalism and the two perspectives, because there are two perspectives and the perspectives are both valid. The conclusion is different, but the perspectives are both valid, right? Um, if but you, you remember too, the, the the parents today were indoctrinated as well. That's exactly so right. So, so I'm looking at it and going, you know, there's a. I'm thinking about the war, the big war, because we're going to lose the country, and you're being called to action because you feel like it's slipping out of our fingers, and we still we go to Washington. I talked to all these candidates, everybody who's running. I've had them all come through here, and they're going to go there and respond to all of these. I would call them caboose issues. The train is already gone. And now it's the very end. We're trying to fix the border. Well, the problem is everybody's brainwashed on what the solution is. We know what the solution is. The border was working great 24 months ago. You know, um, we know what the solution was energy is. You know, there's no solution to figure out. We know the solutions. And we're choosing the opposite direction as a country. Wholesale. It's, un it's, uh, it's frightening. And so um, whatever you do as you go to Congress in this uh in this campaign and we're going to talk about the campaign next uh, i hope that education is a component and there is a it is and and you know what so many have told me and i won't tell you the names and you'd know who they are you can't educate the voters bull you can't i just did it last night in chino valley you can do it um but uh, the tide is too it's too big to change them on you know we've got to take back our schools right and it's not so that we can indoctrinate them it's so we can stop indoctrination. You know, we need to, schools are, I didn't know the politics of my teachers when I was a kid. You know, I, I've, I've met my, my kids' teachers. I know their politics. I can tell. As soon as they open their mouth, oh, they bring their politics to everything. I remember my first poli-sci teacher, Jake Mehegan. He went to Boston Public. Uh, Jake, Greg, what's that look on your face you got there? Tell me what that look on your face is. I'm like, yeah, Jake, I don't buy it. And he goes, oh, of course you don't because you're from that Republican side of things. But let me explain to you your perspective and my perspective, and we'll see where you come up. And I never knew what a, what a Democrat he was. I didn't actually know. And he was teaching public policy from both sides. These, At least he was willing to have the conversation. Yeah. Here's the thing about progressives. But no, he, was, way, he was awesome. That's okay, what I'm saying. Yeah. He was influential. Because here's the thing. People don't, oh, progress, they don't even know what that means. Go back to Woodrow Wilson. Progressives mean they don't believe in our Constitution. That's the bottom line of progressives. Absolutely. There's other crap about what they believe in. That's what they don't believe in. And it's not that, and you had a lucky to have a teacher like that. No matter how he went, which way he leaned, it didn't matter. Because progressives now say, if you don't agree with me, not only am I going to, I'm not going to disagree with you, you don't have a right to your opinion. Your First Amendment You're rights are gone. Your First Amendment rights are gone right. because you don't agree. And that's what a progressive is. And that's what happens. So we, we, we shame people. We shut them down. We have the cancel culture. And nobody wants to say crap anymore. I hear people say, I don't really get involved in politics. Really? Well, how how'd you like the triple-digit gas price that you just paid to fill up your tank? You better get involved in politics. Yeah. So um, what did you do professionally? Tell us a little bit about your career. Give me the, well, I started out, give I started me the quick out, one page. Yeah, I started out in, in finance accounting. I'm a, on a degree, degree in accounting. I have three degrees. I have a, a degree in marketing, a bachelor's degree also in accounting, and an MBA in operations management. And uh, I've, I've done accounting, finance. I was a CFO. 
Um, I went to Japan and learned the Toyota production system, which is the manufacturing, and I spent a lot of time in manufacturing. I ran manufacturing plants. Any, um, any companies we'd know of? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, Dana, her corporation is like the probably the most uh, um, profitable and successful industrial company in the world. Which company? Dana, her. A lot of people haven't heard of it. Yeah. Larry Culp, I worked with, who's now the CEO of GE. Okay, I trained Larry, and Larry's working at GE now uh, as the CEO. We Back then, we made things like Sears Craftsman hand tools, Jake Brakes, uh, okay. stuff like that, right? Uh, Vita Root pumps, uh, Gil Barco pumps that you have at the mm -hmm. gas station. We had all that kind of stuff, right? Maco hand tools, okay. Napa. All right. Uh, Jacob's Chucks, okay. Oh, and most oh, half that stuff you just named is made yeah. in China now. Uh, yeah, all of it. Yeah. All of it, yeah. And and so so I worked in manufacturing, and I worked in, and, and I became a corporate officer in was the architect of what's called the Danaher Business System, which is now well-renowned. Harvard teaches it in their MBA program, so all these CEOs go there, and they call me to say, hey, we want to do DBS, you know. Um, and that's all. I've had a consulting company now for 21 years doing that Okay, around the world. And I've worked, and by the way, not only in manufacturing, I've done it in insurance, fracking, oil and gas, uh, pharmaceutical. I've done it in any industry. It doesn't matter. So you've been turning your, and getting your chops oh. and, and sharpening your teeth in the world of commerce and, oh, yeah. how, and how America, oh, yeah. you know, really the backbone of America. Yeah. You know, the backbone of America is not public policy and programs. Those are the largesse of America. Right. America is making stuff. Right. And uh, I, I have this discussion with youngsters and lefties all the time. They'll, uh, they should like to show a big pit, a big pit mine. And it's always portrayed with the pejorative, these pit mines are awful. And I go, uh, you know, we have these in Arizona. And my kids, you know, kind of look at me. I go, yeah, I'm Baghdad. There's a ba pit mine out of Baghdad. I was just and there. The whole town around it. I was and, just there. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're not putting pit mines in downtown Phoenix. And you know what? If they did, we'd build a dome over it and make some cool game out of it. A big hole in the ground. It's not the end of the world. They're not putting a hole in the ground. They're not knocking down the redwood forest to put a hole under the big trees up there. Yeah, and, the, and these kids are using all the product made out of copper too, and they're not telling well, you about that's that. That's what right? I told okay. I told you know I told yeah. my kids I go you know what do you think is inside your phone there? Yeah, exactly. All the all the heavy metals. Exactly. And and it's illegal to take them out of the ground now. Yeah, because it's bad. You know, it's, yeah. it's not bad. Yeah. It's we're just having it done in China because we don't want it done yeah, here exactly. anymore. Exactly. I go mining is when you don't see mining, it should be a cause for concern. Mining is the beginning of it all. Exactly. We need mining. And we need oil coming out of the ground. And if you look around, I I look at that, and to me, it's a bright red blood with oxygen. You know what I mean? It's the beginning. And when I don't see that, and when I see, uh, then I see empty car lots. Empty car lots scare the shit out of me. Have you noticed that around town? You drive by the empty car, they're empty. Yeah. And yeah. you go, like, as a business guy, I look at that as a manufacturing guy, and I go, oh, my, I mean, I, it, it freaks well, me out. Well, let me out. tell you something. Let me say, so I've been all around. I've seen so much, Greg, in this world, so many industries, right? And first of all, I give you an awful lot of credit of starting this company because <laughs> manufacturing to me is the hardest thing. You, you know, it, it is. So, so listen hard. to this. I, so I had a client, a big insurance company out of Bermuda, right? And the CEO says to me, Mark, you understand, we don't make cars. I go, thank God you freaking don't, man. You want to know why? I would not drive in one. If you could figure out how to make one, okay, you don't know what it's like. With me, you got a supply chain to work about. You don't have a supply chain here. 
All you guys do, and I'm not trying to downgrade what you do in insurance. Don't get me wrong, I don't insult you. But you make up a product. You don't understand how difficult manufacturing is, okay? It is 30 times more complex than an insurance company. I'm sorry, I've been there, I know how insurance works, okay? So I give you a lot of credit for having the guts to do this and, and, and also be successful. Man, I saw your product, I just went through your plant. Phenomenal products. And I said to, I said to Lindsay, I said, you know, guys don't make knives, you make jewelry. Okay. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's a little crazy. I don't know. How, you know, it's unbelievable. Okay. And I've been around, right? So I give you a lot of credit, but here's the thing. Manufacturing, first of all, I know how to do the math. It is not work. It, it is all these CEOs, they're short-term paid and they look at the short-term gain. Right. Long-term, and you said you're a long-term guy? Yeah. Long-term, it's a loser to produce in China and sell in America. I'm sorry. And I know how to do the math. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, I really there, do. What, I could, I, I say it's tantamount to selling black tar heroin. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. Oh, well, well, yeah, because <laughs> because all of the real costs are being subsidized, uh, and uh, and then the moral cost of doing business here, you're cheating around. Right. Because there's a moral component when you make a car in the United States, and I don't know what the number is, but th there is a, a fraction of the money spent making a car, and it's not insignificant. Oh. That is. Clean water, clean air, time and a half overtime, uh, insurance, health, you know, all of those things. That's a big component of a car, of a truck, of a stereo, of a TV. Absolutely. And so Americans, and I am always harping on Americans, everybody I talk to, I go, look, you believe in this? Do you believe in clean air? Do you believe water? 40 hour work week, workers' right, health insurance, this workman's comp, that you believe in all stuff, right? Yes. Okay, then how dare you buy from places that yeah. don't have to follow those rules? Yeah. How dare yeah. you? And when I hear the Biden administration say, well, it's real convenient for capitalists who complain about competition from China. It's just competition. I'm like, no, it's actually not. No. I'm really good at competition. By the way, I, I, I fired a client because I went over to see one of their plants in China. I've been to China a million times, right? And I saw the underbelly. You go outside of Shanghai about two or three hours. Slave labor, people living in crap. I mean, literally crap. Okay, no, no electricity. We don't even know what poverty is here. Okay, that's how lucky right. we. We don't know how lucky we are. But this client, I went out to the back of this, and this U.S. company. Okay, and in the back of his machining, like you guys do with CNC machining, he had piles of chips with oil going into the water system. I go, what do you do? I said, Wait a minute, where was that? In like in, in the United in States? China. No, in China. Oh, I said, what are you doing? He goes, yeah, we don't have to worry about the environment here. Oh. Go, Excuse me? Yeah, that's why we do business here, because we don't have to worry about this. All this oil is going into the water supply, right? Awesome. You can't drink the water over there. Oh, my God. You know what I said? Go after yourself. I said, you're, I'm firing you right now. See ya. I ain't working for you freaking idiots. Okay, they're out of Chicago, this company. I won't tell you who they are, but... And I, I couldn't believe it, right? So here's the thing. <clears throat> First of all... The, the, the things that we do in China, there's a couple of things going on here. Number one is uh, we first need to reshore and bring stuff back. And here's why. Our national security depends on it. Yeah. It, let's go back to the big picture. The reason for our government is to protect us from foreign and domestic threats. Well, here, here it is. First of all, 90, I'll give you one example. 97% of our antibiotics right. are made in China. Oh, yeah. It spooks me if out. They, if they stopped that in the next five minutes, they could, by the way. It'd kill a million millions, people this year. Millions would die, yeah. and it would make COVID back page news. Okay? Yeah. You wouldn't even talk about COVID anymore. Right. All right, number one. And by the way, it's not only antibiotics. It's the raw materials for insulin. It's all the stuff that we need. 
Okay, medical equipment, same thing. Secondly, our national defense relies on so many materials to build our national defense in China. Yeah. And they're our biggest adversaries. Okay, now let's think about this. When you do business in China, a company wants like General Electric, let's say they want to go over there. Not if you're making paper plates and paper cups, they don't care about that, but, or yo-yos, right? But if you're going over to anything kind of technical, a Chinese company to do business there, a Chinese company owned by the communist government has to own at least 51% of your company and they own all the intellectual property. People don't know that. Right. Okay. So everybody who's doing business there they has have given to do up, that. They've given up the secret and, sauce. And this is where the CEOs get paid short term. They don't give a crap about that, right? Now, now, what are they doing with the money? Is it going to the people that don't have any homes? No. It's going into their military. Right. Okay. So we're there's no different than Angela Merkel buying oil from 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 Russia, from Russia. and we're trying to protect her from Russia with NATO, right? right. The idiot she is. And uh excuse me, I insulted idiot idiots, okay? Uh, yeah, for sure. But but China, we're feeding them the capital. This is a communist regime living off the 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 the, the, the benefits of capitalism. Okay. Yeah. And, and that, not paying and not paying their dues and, and at all, okay. And and that money is going into the military, and it's going into the infrastructure. You got guys like Bill Gates and Cisco building firewalls there yeah. that are has a national defense implications, okay. And and so, my big concern with with China is Taiwan, because of the semiconductor. Taiwan is now working on a three nanometer chip, uh, transistor to go into okay. And if you go back to World War II and look at why did Japan attack us because we pulled off their oil when they attacked the Philippines. Sure. Okay. Then the, the, the silicon chip is what was oil to the Japanese back in World War II. Now, now my, my concern is we're going to have another Ukraine on our hands. Okay. Now, I don't see any national interest in Ukraine, although what's going on there is terrible. But you would not believe the people that are being murdered in China right now. And we don't even know about it. You know why? Because CNN doesn't want to tell us about it. Right. Okay. So they tell us what to be concerned about. Right. So, the, so if we don't arm Taiwan to defend themselves, silicon chips are everywhere. Your yeah. car has anywhere from oh. five hundred to a thousand. Your phone. I mean, it, we would if they shut us down in that regard. Nothing works. It's over. Okay. Well, I mean, and that's why so the we car, have a national interest. That's why the car lots are empty. Exactly. And right. uh, you know, I see Taiwan. Uh, uh, Taiwan Semiconductor is putting the biggest plant in the world in, you know, uh, five miles up the road from here. Yeah, um, but that's the manufacturing. See, what, why China, Why they want Taiwan is what's called fabulous production, which means the design of the of the of the uh, transistor that that is becoming smaller. So right now they're at five. Intel can only do nine. Okay, our own guys can't do five. Taiwan's doing five, and they're working on three. And China can only do twenty-eight. 10-year-old technology. That's why they want Taiwan. And people say, well, you know, they want it for national, you know. No, it's all about the silicon chip. And they and want those deep water ports for their submarines. Exactly, too, huh? exactly. And and if we don't, if we don't, if we're not smart about what we do at Taiwan, we could have another world war on our hands. That would be something that we go to war on. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I, I totally I'm really agree. concerned about that. Yeah, I am too. And so um, back up just for a minute, your rating on semiconductors, um, mm -hmm. that's... 28 nanometers per second. Of, no, it's uh, the size of the chip. It's the size of the transistor that gets placed in the silicon chip. So it's a microscopic. The more you can put into a chip, 
the more powerful your phone is. You know, your phone right now has more computing power than the Apollo rocket did. Right, right, for sure. Okay? And and so the smaller you get, the more powerful they get. And Taiwan's making the smallest ones in the world. Yeah, yeah. And the develop and, and again, it's the de development of it is what's going on there. So we're going to be making, we're going to be producing the five nanometer here in Arizona through the Taiwanese uh, company that's coming in, but <clears throat> China can't do it. Okay. Uh, and, and, and so that's why they want Taiwan. You know, there's all kinds of reasons oh. the liberals will tell you why they want Taiwan. That's why they want Taiwan. Oh. Okay. Because that and plugs in for our It's everything. It's everything. everything. Yeah. It's, it's, almost like, it's, it's almost analogous to me saying I'm going to own all the water in the world. Right, right, right. Okay. Because right. right now. You die. Right now, everything runs on right. semiconductors. Right. Exactly. Everything. Exactly. I mean, the lights, there's probably yep. 10 of them in the, mic right. in the microphone. But, you know, these guys in Washington are so in bed with China, they know about this threat, but they're looking the other way. So we need to put people in Congress that, first of all, understand supply chain, understand the dynamics between countries, who's been there, who's seen it. I've been to Taiwan. I've been to chip companies. We need people in Congress who can call foul on this and stop looking the other way, okay? And, and have some experience with it, too. Mm -hmm. It's great to go in with tattoos and, and slogans, but that's not going to get it done. Let me talk to you. Let's do a lightning round, okay? And sure. uh, I've, you know, it's funny, and I hate to say this. I've gotten bored talking to candidates and politicians about the big five, um, border, security, critical race, uh, uh, the, the uh, um, uh, I'm sorry, our uh, budget, two, the budget. 2A. Yeah, and Second Amendment. Um, I, I'm going to say you're all for the wall being built and will support any effort by a new administration to put up a wall. Absolutely. I don't know and, why we're not doing it here right and, now. I know. it's and, and you know, it's funny. When you hear Jen Psaki get up there and say the wall was a waste and it wasn't working, and since they've taken office, the borders collapsed, you know, just makes me want to go postal. Second eye. So you're pro-wall. Are you, are, you, are you a pro-Trump candidate? I would, I would vote him in in a heartbeat. By the way, he invited us to the White House, but we did not get a call in 2010 when Steve died. We got a form letter mm -hmm. that we compared to other Gold Star families with the same stamp signature, okay? Mm -hmm. At least he got our name right now, right? It was a plug and place on their Word document. Well, in 2019, President Trump's office called us and said, Melania, the First Lady and President Trump would like to have you and your family come. So Scott, myself, and Diane, my wife Diane, uh, went to the White House and he had a ceremony for us, us and other Gold Star families. He put on a show, Greg, uh, phenomenal. Can I okay. just tell you, I, I'm gonna tell you something. I fucking love him. I love well, him. You know, you know what people say? He's a lunatic, he's, he's my lunatic, I love yeah, him. But you know what, see, what, people still don't get, I had, I had people who, who, oh Mark, you're gonna be great in Congress, oh they need a guy like you, but I can't, Vote. I can't contribute to your campaign because you like Trump, and they don't get Trump. He's the, the people. The liberals don't get him. No, they don't understand that the tweets. That, oh, if he didn't tweet, it would be better. No, the tweets were part of his awesomeness. People, people sitting there saying it's about freaking time people are calling the spade a spade, right? And 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 they don't get that about Trump because all these guys look at George Bush. He did nothing when he got criticized. Zero. He never responded. And he rolled over. And Trump's saying, oh, you want to fight with me? I'm a New York guy. Okay? Yep. I'm a Northeast guy. You're a Northeast you know, guy. Not only about that. You know, the the other thing about that is the, the outlandish stuff that they have. You know, like if I talk to some of my liberal friends, they'd be like, oh, well, he's clearly in bed with Russian oligarchs and they funded all of his oh, stuff yeah, and he doesn't yeah, have yeah. any money. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it turns out that's all made of bullshit. Yeah. Every crazy thing he said, when he says crazy stuff, 
it all comes true. It's all right. Because he's in the back with this information. Right. Nobody would ever, like, I would never say, it's almost like saying out loud that if a famous person does some kooky sexual thing that you know you could get sued for. If you hear somebody, let's say you heard Jerry Bruckheimer say that you knew something about a famous person and some kooky, and he, and he said, and everybody went, oh my God, did he just say that out loud? And they would say, oh, do you want to take that back? You could get in trouble for that. He says, no, I have a picture. I know it's true. <laughs> it's almost like Trump's got pictures of this stuff. He says crazy stuff and the world goes apoplectic. And time after time, they're listening to my campaign. They're spying on my campaign. That, that's insane. He was, right on he the was money. 100% way, right. That made Watergate look like a dime store robbery. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And, and let me tell you, so a guy said to me, a, a friend of mine I used to work with, right? I want somebody in the middle. I don't want a barbell candidate. Oh. And I said, yeah, really? Okay, so does that mean we only you know kill a million babies today? And how come we're always talking about how much we're going to raise taxes? Why don't we have the discussion about when we reduce them? Okay. Yeah. So no, no, there's no middle in some cases, right? And and um, so so this guy says to me, you know, I, I you know, the January sixth thing, Trump should be in jail. Okay. Did you know his name was George? Did you know George that Trump? First of all, you got to understand something. The Capitol security is Nancy Pelosi's responsibility. The Speaker of the House. He Trump went to her and offered thousands of troops, and this was in testimony by the acting Secretary of Defense in front of a congressional sworn-in panel. He went to he went to Nancy and said, "There's going to be trouble. I want to put thousands of troops around the Capitol, protect the Capitol." You know what she said? No, no. Okay, and that's like I said to some lady last night in 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 uh, in uh, in, in uh, Chino Valley. I said, "Don't you ever think they want to solve your problems?" Don't you ever think they're on your side, including some guys on our side, because when you have problems and when you're fighting about masks and abortion and gender and race and income, they're having a field day. They want you to fight each other. And while they're doing that, they're selling our country. They're, they're, they're planning their next COVID, okay? Yeah. And what I think happened, and go back to CRT for a minute, what I think happened is they saw how easy it was to take our, our freedoms with COVID. Okay, yeah, they for sure the crap out of everybody, yeah. right? People still wearing masks, you know, and that's okay. I have no problem with that. You want to wear a mask? Want to wear a paper bag over your head? I don't really care. Just don't. I don't want the government telling me I have to do it. Right. Okay. But, but then what they did, and this is where the Democrats made a mistake. The liberals, I should say, they came in with CRT, which has been around since the seventies. Okay. And they said, hey, that was so easy with COVID. Let's just pile on, man. And all of a sudden, the CRT, the CRT came out, and people said, wait a minute. Now you're screwing with my kids. Let's stop now. And this is where we are now, okay? So they over overreached. They overreached, yeah. okay? And they took advantage of how vulnerable we are. Arrogance, Icarus. Arrogant, yeah. yeah. Okay? So that's what's going on now, and thank God. Maybe COVID was a good thing. This is yeah. almost the best thing that's right, ever happened right. because they put on the Zoom and we got to see all these crazy yes. teachers. Um, I met with the teacher the other day and I could tell, I walked in, I had a shirt with a really simple little gold Eagle Globe and anchor on it, black t-shirts, jeans, went in to talk about stuff with my kids. I sat down, one of the teachers, very nice, first year teaching, stuff in order, she's semi-professional attire, very nice lady. The woman next to her, longtime English teacher, blue hair, rainbow band on her watch, slovenly dressed, scoffed and made faces at me. Well, I basically was like, hey, you know, 
I know you guys have got what you're doing. I know, you know, we're, we've got a tutor. We've got this math thing we're doing and our outcome's not working here. We need to communicate better. And to the woman scoffing at me and making rolling her eyes sounds. She forgot you're the customer. I almost went over the fucking table. Now I kept my shit together, but the principal, a really nice mom and my wife, the two of them almost went over the table, okay. and I was like, I ended up being the voice of calm and reason. I like your wife. I like your wife. Yes, you almost went over the table. So, uh, you know, it's going on out there, and um, it's one of the reasons my vo focus has changed because I wanted to do other things for the country, and uh, you know, I've had a bunch of people push me to run for governor, and I'm like, no, I want to talk to politicians. I want to see what this. I think there's a war to be won in the schools. I think if we own the schools, we will win. Two centuries of debate. Right. But we right. have to own the but schools. Go back to the Communist Manifesto. This is one of their playbooks, right? Mm -hmm. Get the kids, take your guns, and take away God. Separate parents okay. from the kids. Right. 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 Kill is, God because right. then then we can steer your morality. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I, I said to a lady the other day up in uh, up in Cottonwood, okay? And she said of the uh, uh, Republican Party up there, and uh, her husband's Vietnam vet. And we started talking about Stephen, and, you know, Stephen, by the way, was spit on in Vermont. Okay, believe me, that crap is still going on. Oh, yeah. So I said to her, I said, you know, the guys that spit on your husband when he came back from Vietnam are the people, and guys and gals, are now running the show. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I said, don't you ever think when they tell you, thank you for your service, they don't believe it. Nope. Okay. And they don't believe it, and that's bull. And we got some liberal uh, uh, relatives back in Connecticut. Thank you for your service, you, Scott. You yeah, take your. Yeah, we, well, we, we moved away. We killed all of ours. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's why you have the knife company. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so, uh, so, but basically, I said, you know, don't, 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 please, don't tell that to my son. When you're going to vote for Biden, and and Rick, and Richard Blumenthal, who I personally know, okay, don't you dare tell my son thank you for your service when you piss on our freedoms right. by voting for these idiots. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. And so, don't you ever. So, my wife came up with a saying. She said, You know, Mark, your slogan with veterans should be, Thank you is not enough. Okay. And and it's true. So, oh, mine's keep your thinking to yourself. I got paid. <laughs> right. Excellent. Excellent. I may steal that. <laughs> and, but, you know, the two, I want to tell you one, two things I want to do for veterans amongst a million things. Okay. And I've already met Kevin McCarthy. When I was with Mark Meadows, he heard I was in town, and I went into. Uh, he called for me to go see him. All right, Kevin McCarthy. And in the t in the meantime, I wrote a letter out. I said I want to be on three committees. I gave this letter to him. He just wanted to meet me, right? And I said the uh, first, uh, not in any order, but you know, is the uh, the House Oversight. There's so much waste in government right now. Oh yeah. And I, that's what I did for a business: take waste out, improve jobs, improve companies, grow companies through better growth, better lead times, better quality. Uh, and keep them here, okay? Two, I want to be on the on the board of security uh, 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 committee, for obvious reasons. Yeah. And three, I want to be the, on the veterans affairs, okay? Sure. And uh, because I've I've learned I've got a thing called Brave, where I help vet uh, business reviews and advisors for veteran entrepreneurs, where I help veterans start businesses, mm -hmm. and I help them uh, with their business. I help them write resumes, help them with their careers, all that stuff, right? And I've helped. Quite a few veterans out with this, and I do it for free. No money involved. Well, the two initial bills I want to write for veterans is this, as follows. One, if you serve time in a combat zone, you already wrote the check to the United States 
up to and payable with your life, okay? And that's not my saying. That's a saying that you've heard before, but I'm stealing it. You should be exempt from income taxes to this government for the rest of your life on any income, okay? Oh now, everybody can get behind that, right? And, and, and But but I'm, I'm serious about that. You've already paid your freaking dues. I'm sorry. You owe us nothing. We owe you, okay? So somebody said to me, well, Mark, how are we going to pay for that? Give me five minutes and I'll find it. Okay? <laughs> yeah, good, right. Give me five freaking minutes and I'll find it. Matter of fact, I don't need five minutes, okay? Two, I want, a, and I've heard horror stories, West Black I told you about earlier, misdiagnosed, and they try to cover it up. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, and I've heard other horror stories about the VA. I'm sure you've got more than me. Um, and I want a veteran, any veteran who served our country, to have a card in their wallet. And that card is a one-time application that says this. I, it's my free pass to walk into any health facility in the country, anywhere. Hospital, doctor, specialist, I don't give a damn. And I get in, and that's my pass. I don't have to fill out any paperwork. It's in there. It's already in the system. Oh, yeah, by the way, I know this might be racist. You're going to have to show your ID. Okay? Sure. You're going to have to show your license. Sure, sure. Just prove it's you. That's it. And no more paperwork no more applications no more waiting 18 months to get disposition some freaking clerk tells you that wasn't even alive when you served that you you're not able to so so i want that to be a free pass one-time card for free health care 100 for the rest of your life i think uh you know you're you're somebody who's got you know not only acumen and gravitas for that but you've got some you've got some creds that m no one else is gonna they're not gonna say much to you about um, let's talk about some other hot button issues. Sure. Um, and you know, as one of 435, you got to go in. Are you working? Are you? Let Let me stop. <clears throat> let's talk about the Arizona campaign. Mm -hmm. Who is right now in the primary running against you? There's like five, or six. Is, is Walt? People. Is Walt in the same? Walt Blackman. Yep. Uh, Eli Crane. Yeah. Uh, I just met Walt uh, a couple of weeks ago. Great guy. Yeah. I like Great I like guy. Walt a lot. Yeah. The real question is going to be here. What are you going to do when you get there? Yeah. Okay. That's the key, right? Yeah. What are you going to do when you get there? Do you have the facilities to be able to do that? Because we all we all check the same boxes, right? Two way border. Everybody checks the same damn boxes, right? right. But it's what you're going to do when you get there is going to be the key. Okay? Yeah. And uh, so, well, what sets you apart from Walt and Eli? Well, one, I've got a track record of understanding how this damn world works. Okay. And 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 I understand international business. I understand economics. I understand finance. I understand. Uh, I, I've seen. I've seen how the Chinese steal our firsthand. Seen how they, okay, and 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 above all, I am an unbelievable problem solver. So these guys, um, they're lovely Americans. They're good dudes. They've served the country. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you can have a uh, maybe too myopic or small a perspective if you've done one thing for a whole career. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're running on this. I've got a bigger diversity of skills. A bigger skill set and a more global vision than my skill set, and, and that I'm, plugs and, into the and American. I'm, and I'm 65 years old, right? And everybody says, it. "Oh, that's a that's a that's a liability for Kenneth." No, it's not. I've already made a lot of mistakes. Sixty five. I think sixty five okay. is a fantastic yeah. age yeah. because I don't think sixty five's. You're you're pre elderly, and you're post kind of stepping on your willy. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's yeah. a spot in the middle there and, where you're kind of like sage. I don't have to do this, okay? Because I can. I'm financially set for so life. So, how's your how is your campaign against the two of them? Are, has there been any polling yet? 
No, no, but I got in late because I was waiting for to see what Paul Gosar was going to do. Okay. Okay, and there's reasons why he didn't pick this district. So when he didn't, I, I jumped into it. Okay. Uh, so no, no polling. But let me tell you right now, I am resonating very well with everybody I meet, and I nobody's going to outwork me. Nobody. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've I talk about work all the time. Oh you my know, God. Carrie Lake is kicking ass right now because she's outworking everybody. Right. And, uh, you know, she, she gets mad at me about stuff that I say. I really like Carrie, uh, um, but... Um, you know, I can't take a thing away from her for outworking everybody. I think there's, um, you know, she may not like my opinions about this or maybe that, or maybe I critique her about things because I do, because I'm an honest broker. Um, but I, I tell everybody, she's outworking everybody for the gubernatorial race. Mm -hmm. She's got name recognition and is outworking everybody. Mm -hmm. And if mm -hmm. you, and those two things are pretty hard to beat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so um, I think I think she's got the best shot of anybody I've talked to so far of getting into the governor's seat. Um, if you've got the ability to outwork people, I know, uh, I think Walt does a lot of, I think he does a lot of walking around and talking to people. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know as much about Eli. He was a little harder to get in here, but, um, we didn't touch on that so much, but you're doing the work. You're getting around. Um, what, um, how, how about funding wise? I mean, I know everyone's got to kind of pull their pants down for the election oh, commission. Well, well, look, um, First of all, there, there's a there, there are some PACs that are interested in me, mm -hmm. like Club for Growth, for example. But but I I, I I'm not going to take money from an organization that doesn't fit my values. Okay. Number one, like a Planned Parenthood came to me and said, "Hey, we want to give you a, a million dollars." Yeah, we'll show it up here, you know. Yeah. Um, but as far as hard dollars go, which is the stuff that I raise, I've already put a quarter million dollars of my own money in. Yeah. And I'll put more in. Yeah. Okay. We will have the money to make to win this campaign. It's okay. not that is not a problem. So you're going for a win. Yeah, and I and I've, I've got a lot of great donors that I raised a lot of money already. So, uh, I'm I'm and by the way, this retirement money I'm taking out has cost me four hundred thousand. I have to pay taxes on it. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm serious about this. Okay, I'm serious about making a difference. And somebody said to me the other day, well, you know, when you get in, you're going to be bought, and you're going to. They're going to tell you how to vote, and the speaker, the, even the president, right? No, no. Uh, I'm not going to make friends. I'm not going to get along with anybody, okay? I'm going to say, look, there's three, there's three parties I'm going to look at when I cast a vote. One, Jesus, okay? The old bumper sticker, right? What would Jesus do, right? Is it morally right? Two is dead guys, the, the guys that framed the Constitution, yep. Madison, Jefferson, I'm going to look at dead guys. And they don't vote, by the way. <laughs> and three, the constituents in the second district. Okay? So I'm going to look at those three parties when I form a vote. Okay? And somebody said to me, what do you think about term limits? Why well, I'm conflicted about term limits. I am okay? too. And, I can, and by the way, I can make arguments on both I sides. I can too. Okay, real good arguments. I know. I, okay? I, I had a congressman in recently, and he was talking about con uh, term limits, and I said, you know, there's another side of the coin. Yeah. It means you always got a freshman class, yeah. and you don't have seasoned legislators. I said, I don't know. Maybe we just need to vote out people been there too long. Right. We've right. got a system well, getting rid well, of Well, here's the, the problem thing. is they built the parties, and they've counteracted the people. That's right. They've made the parties. They've been shoring up, doing gerrymandering, redistricting. They're doing all sorts of unconstitutional things. The, the truth is, we don't. We I think we don't need term limits because you just vote them out. Well, here's the other argument I make. So every time I look at an issue, I don't care what it is, I, I do try to argue the other, even abortion, I'll mm -hmm. argue the other side to myself. Yeah, yeah. So I can be more understanding and informed. Right. Okay. 
still think it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. But I do that. That's a good debate technique, by the way. And so on term limits, the one thing I'll tell people is, would you like Paul Gosar to be termed out? If you love Paul Gosar? Right, okay. right. But I also say, what makes you think the the clown that they're going to vote, the people who voted in Nancy Pelosi, what makes you think you're going to get a better person? You're going to get a, a young AOC. You're going to get okay? a young clown. So they're gonna, if they're voting in this garbage to begin with, yeah. what makes you think they're going to put some jewel in there? Right. It's not going to happen, okay? So, uh, but I am conflicted on it, okay, Greg? I'm not totally settled on it, but what I said to, I was in, on a radio show up in Payson, and I said to the uh, district, the the interviewer, I said, it's not what Mark Deluzio wants. What what we've forgotten here, Greg, is we, us Congress people, well, I'm not one yet, but they represent the people. It's not what Mark thinks is I'm the smartest guy in the room and, and, and nobody knows better than me, okay? No, I represent the people in the district, and I'm going to listen to them and hear what they have to say. And by the way, we're not all going to agree, okay? Yeah. But we forgot the fact that we re- we work for the people, and the only time politicians come around to talk to the people in the district— is election time. It's election time and when they want their money. Right. Not Paul Gosar, okay? And I don't know about the other guys. I think they're pretty good too. But Paul works his ass off to go talk to these people. You no, know, I okay. was I, I talked to a congressman uh, a couple days ago. And I said, hey, listen. I, I said, you know, spend less time having nuanced argument in Washington. Right. Spend more time. Right. Imagine if a U.S. congressman or a senator came back, let's say, uh, once a month and went to three school meetings. Yeah. How would that change yeah. the importance? Yeah. You know, if it said, hey, seated, you know, current junior U.S. senator from Arizona will be at the Paradise Valley School, 10,000 people would show up. And that would, you know, because as a senator, you're one of 100, the 435 members of Congress, you got to get the president to sign on. It's rare you get to really move the needle. But you can be moving the needle with the weight of your office, and congressmen can do the same yeah, thing back here. Absolutely. There, know, and I, I, there's, a, there's a two sides of this. Is going to Washington also staying here? Yes. Well, I said to Mark Penos when I met him, Mark, you were a congressman from North Carolina. How much time do you spend in Washington versus, he says, about 50-50, okay? And I said, well, I wish it was like 595, okay, because I'd yeah. rather be here with yeah. the people yeah. and working with them. With them. But one of my jobs is going to keep the federal government out of our here, number yeah. one, okay? Yeah. But, but I said to, and people think I'm nuts, right? On my Palm card, on my website, there's a phone number. That's me. It goes to my cell phone that's in my pocket, okay? And when I become congressman, they're going to give me a... A special number. Special phone. And guess what? I'm not going to use it. You no, you will, Well, you will have that number. You can't, I don't think you can do business on a personal phone. Oh, that's okay. right. That's, yeah, right, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. But you will have that number. And people say, well, you're going to go all kinds of crazy calling. Yeah, okay. Uh, look, look, I could take the heat because what I'm doing is nothing compared to guys like you who fought for us, yeah. number one. And... Somebody said to me, a, a lady running for the school board in one of the, my my uh, my towns uh, this weekend said to me, um, "I really appreciate you putting yourself out there." I said, "Me, you, you're you're running for the school board. That's ten times tougher than what I'm going to do." And you know okay? the thing is to put her in your Rolodex for your state contacts. You, bet. you know, oh, the, she is. <laughs> you know, it's you know it's funny. I I, I uh, I've always had my personal business, my personal cell phone is intermixed with the business. Anybody can find me anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day. Um, When Benghazi fell, I got a call early in the morning, and they said, hey, Greg, we had a bunch of our kits get melted. 
can you do this? And I said, yes. And they said, we also heard you're friends with these two, three other companies. And I am. And so I was on the phone at midnight with the owners of the companies. I said, hey, meet me in the morning. Steal whatever shit you can from everybody in your company. I need to get these kits together. I need to get them to the embassy in 24 hours. And we did it. And so those guys are like loyal. And the same thing would happen with the Arab Spring in Egypt. We, had, we were doing stuff at mid. I was down here when it was dark. Just packing stuff up, getting ready to get it out. Now, it's just knives. I'm not that important. I'm just making some tools. But these little talismans and tools that help guys be more comfortable, be more dangerous, feel better, I think it gets people home in some way. So that's my mission. Yeah, it's just knives until it saves a life. Yeah. yeah so so, don't, so don't cut yourself short there, buddy. You know, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the thing about this, I love accountability, and I feel like it's the principal pillar that we lack in our culture now. We lack accountability for people lying. As soon as you couldn't pop a dude for uh, staring at your woman or getting out of line, the, everything started to decay. When I was growing up, you know, if you looked at a dude's girlfriend lecherously, he would just pop you in the mouth. And I'm not that old. You know, I mean, I, we, we grew up in similar places and, uh, you know, there people would fight all the time. And, and, uh, you know, uh, when, when I got married, I, I told Amy, I said, Hey, you know, don't flip anybody off. You know, a guy might just get out and pop you in the mouth. You know, you're out here in Arizona. You might, somebody might just, you know, <laughs> might, might just, might just, uh, get into it with you. Don't, don't start anything with anybody. It's a different reality. Now there's no cause, there's no uh, causality in people's consciousness. Because we have a generation of people, I've, I've written about this, we have a generation of people who've been sassing men and not getting popped in the mouth. I remember when I was a kid, you get out of line, a grown man you didn't know would grab you by the scruff of your neck and say, what's your dad's name and where do you live? Uh-oh. And then when you got there, my dad, you know, he'd be like, uh, he'd be like, all right, you know, give me my son. And then, and, and then, you know. He'd be like, what happened? And the guy would say, what happened? He'd be like, and then he'd yell, my daddy yelled at me. And he'd go, you get your ass in your room. You're mine. I'll talk to you in a minute. Let me deal I'm with this neighbor. Way, man. And yeah. It, yeah. that doesn't, re yeah. so we have a whole generation yeah. that didn't deal with that now. No, no. Greg, my, my father, right? First of all, he was a, he, he was he, work ethic, 44 years as a tool and die maker. New Britain machine. Oh, boy. Hardware capital of the world, you might know. Yeah. And Springfield, very similar time. Oh, yeah. Okay. You had some street stuff. You had the gangs. You, you, had to, you, know, you know how to take care of yourself, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so, but there was all this durable, old-fashioned manufacturing oh, yeah. going. Oh yeah, Stinger. Oh yeah, Pratt and Whitney. Oh my, we had Stanley Works. We had uh, we had uh, we were the hard work capital. And, and they and they you had guys, and they had all those had high tons. school programs that right. worked in the high schools. Right. Yeah, making... yeah. My father went to go and took high school in Liberton, Connecticut. Yeah. Okay, a trade school. Yeah, became a great tool and die maker. He never missed a day of work in forty-four years. Mm. Okay, now, except for when he went to go fight in World War II, he was at the Battle of Iwo Jima. Okay. Your dad was at Iwo Jima? Mm -hmm. Holy smokes. Yep. And he talked about it, too, right? I wish he was here today. I oh, wish he was here today, too. My God. So, so, and he lost a lot of guys on his ship. Of course. Okay. So, anyway, my father, right, when I would come home with a note from the teacher, from because I was a class uh -huh. clown. I was a class clown, right? And uh, there was no, there was no, hey, tell me what happened. There was no trial. I got my ass kicked. I know. Okay. Sense. There's no, there's no, but dad, you don't understand. No, there was no discussion. Right. doesn't okay? matter. That was it. All yeah. right. Yeah. It's not, now, Diane, my wife taught for 25 years in Connecticut and she caught a kid cheating. And her policy was, I take the paper away, you get a zero. That night she got a call. And the guy said, uh, and she's very conservative, by the way. Uh, she got a call from the father. Johnny said he didn't cheat. Well, he did. 
what's your evidence? Well, I saw him, but you need proof. I saw him. I'm, I'm bearing witness. But Johnny said he didn't cheat, and my son said he didn't cheat, he didn't cheat. No, my wife said to him, she got in trouble for it, by the way. No, she said to him, mm. I think it's time you stop being his lawyer and start being his father. Ooh, what a line. Uh, point, points to wife. No. Diane doesn't take any shit, so. No, it's great. Okay. But. Well, listen, you seem like you're my kind of guy. Um, you know, the crazy part is, is I've had Eli in here. I've had Walt in here. Mm-hmm. I've had you in here. And I see great Americans all wanting to do good They're things. They're all great guys. The fantastic part is for an Arizonan who's going to go vote in this upcoming primary is there are great people to choose from. Um, and I think uh, I think they should go to your website. Let, tell us your website real quick. It's DeluzioForCongress.com. So it's Deluzio, D-E-L-U-Z-I-O, for Congress.com, F-O-R, Congress.com. Yep. All right, so Deluzio, D-E-L-U-Z-I-O, for all you uh, Westerners who don't know how to spell Italian names, <laughs> for Congress, F-O-R-C-O-N-G-R-E-S-S.com. Uh, they can donate your campaign. Um, $10 helps. Hundred dollars helps. Anything, anything helps. Um, I I say it's uh it's a, a bucket of blood by a thousand cuts is what you need. Everybody's got to give a little bit. I heard Charlie Kirk say something last year. He said, you know, if it's not hurting, you're not doing enough. People say, what can I do to save my country? What can I do? School board meeting and donate some money. And if it doesn't mm-hmm. hurt, you're not doing enough. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was the best advice I've ever heard mm-hmm. a regular citizen just be given. Mm-hmm. Go to school board meetings because mm-hmm. it. He believes nudging the schools is really important as well. We've abdicated our responsibility in the schools yeah. while we've been running GE and 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 uh, Delmer or, or uh, uh, GE and and Ford and all these big companies. We've abdicated. There's a bunch of little battles that need to be won uh, every single day in schools. You know the other thing too, uh, Greg, is Arizona has the, the precinct committee people as a as a program here. Not a lot of states have that. Yeah, and that's a great way for people to get involved. Okay. Yeah, the precinct men. Yeah, the yeah. PCs. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, you've got to um, just get out there and get involved and take a hundred people and, and you know. And by the way, one guy said to me the other day up in Sholo, we were up doing an event. He says to me, "You know, all the people I had like fifty people in the room. All the, all the people here are elderly. What are you going to do about getting the youth involved?" And I turned right to him and I said, "Excuse me." I said, "That's my question for you. This is your community. Where the hell are they?" Yeah. I said, let me ask you, do you have kids? He goes, yeah, I got two kids. How old are they? 17 and 14. Well, why the hell are you? Well, Johnny has to, I don't want to hear about Johnny. You want me to get your kid to this meeting? Right. And you can't do it? Right. It's time we stop looking at politicians to solve our problems, and you guys start taking freaking responsibility. Now, look, I'm glad you're here. But don't right. give me crap about your kid not yeah. being here. Quote a little John okay. Kennedy for him, right? Get what can him, you do for your get, country? Get your get the youth here. And by the way, and I hand everybody a constitution. Here's two copies. Here's three copies. One for you, and two for your kids. Give these to the youth because they're not learning this crap in school. Not crap, but they're not learning the constitution in school. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you know, um, I mean, it upsets me that we just think. I had a guy the other day say to me, "Huh? What are you going to do to get morality and ethics into politics?" I don't know. I'm going to try to get pigs to fly first. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to worry about my ethics and my. You worry about yours. If we all stop changing everybody and worry about our own uh, uh, shop, we'd be a better country. Everybody's trying to change everybody else. Everybody's on their moral white horse because they right. don't like Trump's right. tweets. Right. Get off your freaking moral white horse and take care of your own 
shit show. Sorry. Yeah, no, okay. for sure. Okay. Um, you know, everybody has one. Oh, uh, boy, okay. I tell you, I know, I know. I got one. Everybody has one. Yep. I, I think, uh, I think, you know, people want morality in politics, and it's funny they don't go to church. I'm not saying church is the cornerstone of morality for everyone, but for a great many people, it keeps them grounded being yep. there. Sunday, uh, being uh, reminded of something, and it's a, the old Roman phrase, uh, death comes for you. Yeah. Because it keeps you humble. Yeah. And what I see is, I see arrogance, I see a lack of humility, and I see no accountability and nobody taking the responsibility. Exactly. exactly. All I've heard from this White House is, how the border was a mess when they got it not true. All I heard from this White House is energy and gas prices were going up, not true. All I heard was collusion with Russia and Ukraine, not true. You know, they've been saying all of this, Afghanistan, we inherited the mess, not quite true. He's the blamer in chief. He's the blamer in chief. You know, you know it's funny. And my, it's my, symptomatic my, my of what I see going on. My grandson, who's now 12, um, he can do the Rubik's Cube, by the way, in 15 seconds. That's funny. I hate him. No, I'm like kidding. And uh, and so um, uh, people say, well, why do we have inflation? You know, well, they don't. Our basic economics aren't being taught, right? Right. The expansion of the money supply by printing more money because of all the spending they're doing, right? I said, whenever you have more of anything, and I always like to take it down to normal terms for people and say, okay, well, forget about the economics for a minute. If you had one Mickey Mantle baseball card, would it would be worth more or less? than a million Mickey Mantle baseball cards in the world. He said, oh, Poppy, if there's only one, it would be worth a gazillion dollars. Right. You just learned your first course in economics, okay? Yeah. Supply and demand, okay? And that's what's happening with money. The more they're, they're flooding the market with money. Now, we used to be on the gold standard until Ford took us yeah. off. Yeah. But they flooded the market with money, and now your dollars are chasing less goods. Okay, so... I said to people last night, I said, uh, up in uh, Chino Valley, I said, if you had $10,000 in the bank account last year and did nothing with it, and you, you, your statement to a year later still says 10000 it's only worth 9200 Yeah, your buying power. Thank you. And oh, yeah, by the way, you've already paid taxes on that ten grand. Yeah. Okay, now you got another tax called Biden's inflation. Right. Okay, and that that's one of the reasons why our gas prices went up. But there's other reasons too. But yeah. But but, but people don't people, get that. People are not doing macroeconomics. It's an elective, no. and it should be a. a oh my god, that's a basic stuff we should teach kids. Yeah, finance, for sure. finance, and I mean, come on. You well, you know, it's funny. I'm talking to my daughter. She's 16. She's very bright, top performer, and she's looking at Wharton. And uh, awesome. And I said, you know, she's doing this macroecon course, and She's talking to me, and she's like, "Man, this is this is this is a heavy class," and uh, we've been talking about it. And what's fascinating is I've been battling liberalism her high school career until economics, and she's like, "They're people are full of shit. That's not how it works." And I cracked up, and I go, "Well, that's that's it's amazing, that's it's right, amazing how hard. facts kind of clarify. when you when you connect the numbers and the dollars, and 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 you know, she uh, it's time to get her first car." And I said, well, pick your four cars you want. And she picked a few of them. And I said, okay, now just gallon, gallons of gas, mileage, where we live up in Cave Creek. You can drive about this many miles. Why don't you do some math and tell me what car you want to buy? She wanted a Dodge Challenger, RT or, you know, SRT or whatever. Cool cars. She does, She arrived at, you know, I'm going to get a RAV4 Toyota Hybrid. There you go. There you go. 
And I went, tell me how you got there. And she said, well, because if I get this other one, it's going to cost me 34 cents a mile. I got to do this to get to work. I'm going to spend all my money on gas. You know, it was just forcing hey, tell, these real life tell lessons. Her this, you know I, mean? I spent a lot of time in Japan on yeah, Toyota, okay, and studied them, the originators of the Toyota production system, yeah. which is world renowned. Yeah. Tell her that she's Toyota is, is the best manufacturing company in the world. My wife had a RAV4, great car. She'll love it. Yeah, well, I think she made a good decision. Listen, um, we could talk for a long time, I think. You're a gentleman, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your campaign to come in and talk with us. Um, I want this show to be uh, where we get to actually meet the human being and find out what makes him tick a little bit. Um, we didn't talk about all the issues because I have a feeling on the big five, um, you're going to be a build the wall. You're going to be a fund the police. What a dumb idea to do it, to think otherwise. I think you're going to be uh, uh, fiscally conservative and want to uh, drive towards a balanced budget. Um, I think you're going to want to be towards lower taxes. I think you're a pro-life candidate. Um, am I missing anything? No. Okay, so I hit the big five yeah. so we can check off the conservative boxes, but I think the texture of the human being is what I connect with as a voter, and I think it's what cuts through the bull. The, the bull. Uh, I, I like people to meet who's here, and I think we got a chance to meet you. Great. I hope um, as the campaign goes along, um, I wish you the best of luck in the primary. If you win, I would love to have you come back as you get into your uh, uh, get into the main campaign. I don't understand that word if. What do you say about if? <laughs> um, uh, about when? Let's say when the primary goes in your favor, we'd like to have you come back. I would uh, love to come the back. There's so much election. more we got to talk about. It'd be great. Yeah. Uh, what a pleasure to All chat right, with you. Thanks a lot. Thanks for coming in. Hey, sports fans, it is rare you get a chance to meet folks and find out what makes them tick. I know I kept circling back to... Uh, I, I know I kept talking about Mark's, Dunn's, uh, Mark's son, Stephen. Um, I think it's important for us to know what makes the people tick uh, that want to get their hands on the levers of power. And do they want it for power? Do they want it for accomplishment? Or do they do want it for a sense of service, loyalty, and dedication? And I think if we look at the people and we listen to them talk, if there's an ass to come out, they will poke their ass out in an hour. Are they doing it for power? Are they doing it for cravenness? Are they doing it for self-aggrandizement? Are they doing it out of sense of sacrifice and public service? If we get a chance for you to see that here, I think it's a total win for us. So, Mark, best of luck to you. It's uh, Delusio4Congress.com. You got it. If you guys want to <clears throat> donate, if you live up Marin County, and he's, yeah, I can't waste my money. You don't need that other bottle of Merlot. You don't need that other case of Pinot that your best friends just told you about when you're having the the finest chicken dinner you've ever had at the wonderful restaurant with the most amazing foie gras. Um, you could actually uh, pop a check in the mail and send it down here and nudge the needle in Arizona because in a country split 50-50 in the Senate and in a country where the Congress is probably going to change hands, there's rarely been a time where a little bit of money, a little bit of help could go so far. It's a fascinating time. May you live in interesting times, and we do. So from the Greg Medford Show here in Phoenix, Arizona, I'm Greg. Thanks for coming. We appreciate it. I'm out.